Welcome to River Life Podcasts. We're a church family embracing the Father's presence, releasing empowered people to declare and demonstrate Christ's kingdom. We trust that God would use what you hear today to bless and grow you so that you would be a blessing to those around you. For more information about River Life Baptist Church, go to riverlifechurch.org.au or find us on social media. It's great to have you here for our Good Friday service. Um, I'm glad you're here. We're glad you're here. And maybe you're here because you're a regular River Life attender. Maybe it is that you have been invited by a friend. Maybe it is because it's Easter. You decided that it would be a great time to come uh, to church. Uh, Whatever your reasoning for being here, we're glad you're here. I want to spend a few minutes today talking to you about the importance of today, the importance of why we would celebrate something that seems not really quite the thing you'd want to celebrate, the death of somebody. So I just ask that uh, as I explain this, uh, maybe you'd be brave enough to just ask God now to speak to you this morning, afresh, again, or maybe for the first time about the importance of Easter. Can we just pray quickly? Let's do that. Yeah, gracious God, today would you open ears to hear, open mind to hear, open my eyes, our eyes to see the greatest act of love that's ever been demonstrated and what it means to us. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we all love a good love story, right? Everyone loves a love story. You know, there's been songs written about love, there's movies about love, there's been poems about love. It seems like love is in the air. I mean, everywhere. Love. It's a story many of us are either familiar with or wanting to know about, and occasionally you get a a true love story that that makes a mockery, really, of the recent looking for love in all the wrong places reality TV shows. True love stories, they're a bit hard to find because I think we romanticize what love should be like. Jesus cuts through the romance when he said, Greater love has no one than this than to lay down his life for his friends. Of course, next weekend we'll stop for another long weekend, a time to remember and commemorate Anzac Day. But the greatest love story is that we celebrate as Christians at Easter This story that for some is hard to recognize as a love story because to them it does not make sense. Easter provides for us a time when we can stop, when we can remember that we have been invited into a love story. At Easter, we celebrate love in its purest form. Jesus, the Son of God, shows his depth of love by giving up his life for ours. Two days later, God declares an incredible and in a powerful way that Jesus really is the Son of God who died for the sins of the world by raising Jesus from the dead. 
And on Good Friday, we remember what happened at the cross and we see a love which is none other than God's own love demonstrated to us. And from a human perspective, this love story, God's story, simply does not make a whole lot of sense. God pays the highest price to take upon himself the weight, the sin, the guilt, the punishment of people who not just would care about him, but people who would not care nor return his love. And yet still he extends the invitation right to this day to step into the story of love. The Bible says that the message of the cross is foolish to those who are perishing. Those who don't understand what God has done or his motive for doing it, it seems foolish to believe that God would save us by dying. Think about it. You live in absolute perfection. You are the epitome of unity and communion. Your life is embodied by love and joy and peace and you decide to radically alter everything. I mean, this is what it was like for Jesus. Pre the creation of the world in the beginning, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in perfect and absolute unity together. They are one of mind, one of goal, one of passion. Their existence embodied by love and joy and peace. And then Jesus enters right into the mess of the world and undergoes a life marked with difficulty, with rejection, with pain, and with agony, and leads ultimately to the cruelest death possible, a death on the cross. It doesn't sound like a great love story, does it, so much, particularly for Jesus. Listen to how the Bible describes the life and death of Jesus out of Isaiah chapter 53. It says, he was despised and rejected a man of sorrows, acquainted with deepest grief. We turned our backs on him and looked the other way. He was despised and we did not care, yet it was our weaknesses he carried. It was our sorrows that weighed him down. And we thought his troubles were punishment from God, a punishment for his own sins, but he was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so that we could be healed. All of us, like sheep, have strayed away. We have left God's paths to follow our own. Yet the Lord laid on him the sins of us all. He was oppressed and treated harshly, yet never said a word. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter. And a sheep is silent. Before the shearers, he did not open his mouth. Unjustly condemned, he was led away. No one cared that he died without descendants, that his life was cut short in midstream. But he was struck down for the rebellion of my people. He had done no wrong and had never deceived anyone. It seems that the death of Jesus on the cross is like a divine experiment gone wrong. 
However, this then becomes something that God in his goodness turns into such a good thing come Easter Sunday morning. But otherwise would have been a terrible disaster if it ended today. Even though we're here in part to reflect upon what Jesus endured that day, Jesus himself does not speak of the cross like it's a disaster. He doesn't speak of himself as the victim of a tragic accident. In fact, just before he's arrested to be led to the point where he was going to hang on that cross, he said this, he said, the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. As if to say, this is the hour, this is about it, this is, this is what's about to take place. It's not only going to elicit praise and adoration, but more importantly, it'll reveal the very essence of who I am. And by that, it will reveal the very essence of God's love. This love story, a loving God, prepared to go to extreme lengths to demonstrate his love, to be inviting us in to his love story, to be the recipients of his love. You see, whether you already know Jesus or have experienced his presence in your life or whether you're just trying to piece all the puzzle together about this story, today is a good day to be reminded of the extent of his love, a love that took Jesus to the lowest of all places for the sake of all people. The writer of the book of Hebrews talks about why Jesus endured such a painful experience it says, because his heart was focused on the joy of knowing that you, me, us, we, would be his. He endured the agony of the cross and conquered its humiliation and now sits exalted at the right hand throne of God. What strikes me about Good Friday is we have this incredible act of love through some of the most horrific acts of betrayal and torture and suffering to a guy who didn't deserve any of it. What he did, what he endured was not for his own benefit, it was for ours. And I want you to understand the significance. It was, it was our weakness that he carried. It's our sorrows that weighed him down. He was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole, whipped so that we could be healed. In essence, it was our failings, it's our inadequacies that put him on the cross. And it's in this that we get a glimpse of the radical nature of the love of God. In coming to dwell amongst us, he paid the ultimate price of love. He gave his life for ours. It's an incredible thing to try to comprehend, I think, that the creator of the universe would love us enough to do whatever was necessary to make us in right relationship with Father God. It blows my mind. What other king leaves his throne to do that? We heard it right at the very beginning of this service, for God so loved the world 
that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. To all who did receive him, to those who believe in his name, he gives the right for us to become the children of God. And that incredible reality is that God spared nothing so that we could be in this relationship with our Heavenly Father. In spite of our sin, in spite of our flaws, because of our sin, because of our flaws, in spite of our brokenness, Jesus looks at us and considers us worth the incredible sacrifice. And I'm flat out doing something nice for someone without thinking how I might benefit from it. It blows my mind to think that God would, would enter into this kind of willing sacrifice for me. Not wanting anything in return other than us to receive his love. And this is why I can't believe that I'd be worth that kind of sacrifice. That God sees me and thinks, John, you're worth everything I have. He sees you and he says, you are worth everything I have. Now that's a love story. We can't understand his story until we understand today, Good Friday. The idea of love where Jesus died for us. And unless we understand that God became one of us, the incarnation And we don't really understand God becoming one of us until we understand the cross. It's all put together. As Paul put it, God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. It says in Corinthians, for God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. Praise God. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. That you and I can be reconciled to God. We can be put right with God, though we do not deserve it. And it's at this point that most people, in hearing this story, in understanding God's story of love, say, that doesn't make sense. It's foolishness. Why would God do that? It makes no sense why God would leave his throne. It makes no sense why he would become one of the creation that he created. It makes no sense. It's so hard for people to comprehend. However, it's also the greatest invitation that's ever been made. The exchange of what we don't deserve given freely to us. Death exchanged for life. And it's at that point of his story, of God's great story of love and sacrifice to take away the penalty of what we rightfully deserve, that it can become our story of salvation. His story of love can become our story of salvation. This kind of love, this kind of invitation, it demands a response. Let's have a look at what actually happened as recorded in the Gospel of Luke when Jesus was hung upon that cross. You see, there was, there was three crosses that day, not just the one. We focus on the one that is of importance, but each, 
Each cross itself has something to be able to tell us. It, it, it in graphic form, illustrates the, an object lesson of how two other people can respond to this love story, can respond to this sacrifice of Jesus. Luke chapter 23, verses 32 through to 43. Two other men, both criminals, were also led out with him to be executed. And when they came to the place called the skull, they crucified him there along with the criminals one on his right and the other on his left. And Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they're doing. And they divided up his clothes by casting lots. And the people stood watching and the rulers even sneered at him. They said, he saved others. Let him save himself. If he's the God's Messiah, the chosen one. And the soldiers also came up and they mocked him. They offered him wine, vinegar, and they said, if you're the king of the Jews, then save yourself. There was written notice above him which read, this is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other criminals rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said, Since you are under the same sentence, we're punished justly for we're getting what our deeds deserve, but this man has done nothing wrong. And then he said to Jesus, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus answered him, truly I tell you today, you will will be with me in paradise. Two different responses to the same act of love. Of course, the cross in the middle, the cross of Jesus, where he committed no sin. It tells us in 1 Peter that he never sinned, he never spoke deceitfully. There was no sin in him. He knew no sin. God put the wrong on him who never did anything wrong so that we could be put right with God. He contained no sin. He came to take away our sins. There is no sin found in him. And yet he carried the sin of all humankind. The cross of the unbelieving thief According to Luke that we just read out, he committed sin, he knew sin, he contained sin, he carried his sin because he rejected the suffering and death of Jesus for him. And the consequence was that he bore his sin. He had to carry the weight of his own sin instead of letting Jesus take it. And there's the difference of the other believing thief. This third cross He knew sin, he'd committed sin, he confessed it, but he carried no sin because he accepted the suffering and death of Jesus for him. He called out for salvation. Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And he was freed from the penalty of his sin by God's mercy 
by God's grace, he received the promise of eternal life. Truly, I tell you today, you'll be with me in paradise. You see, the way each criminal related to Jesus made all the difference as to their state before God. It's like, again, in a different way now, he was saying, who is it you say I am? Who do you say I am? What will your response be? Which convicted criminal will you be like? Because if we're honest with ourselves, we're all criminals. We've, we've all sinned. We know sin. We contain sin. Are you going to carry your sin or are you going to allow Jesus to take it for you? The Bible says that all have sinned and we all have fallen short of God's standard. We're only worthy of death, eternal separation from God. Our works are never enough to save us. Our only hope for both eternal and abundant life is found in Jesus. All who believe in Jesus' suffering and death on their behalf have their sins taken away by Jesus. He personally carried our sins in his body on the cross so that we might be dead to our sin and live for what is right. That's the only way to step into God's story, to make it our story. God's story of great love demonstrated in the sacrifice of Jesus can become our story of salvation. What will your response be today? Jesus made a way for God's story and our story to come together, to intersect. If you'd like that to be your story, today all you need to do is to make a decision by simply talking to God, praying to him, telling him that that's what you want to do that you realize that you, you have sinned. Sin is in you. But you don't want to carry it any longer. You want to step into his forgiveness. You want to repent to be able to change the way you now see things and turn and follow after him. And if you can do that genuinely, you can say that in your heart, then you can be assured that he will forgive you. And you will experience his love and a brand new life. Your story can have a different ending forever. So I'd like to pray with you. And there's a prayer that is contained in your notes. And if that's a prayer that you'd like to pray today, I'd love to pray it with you. Let's pray. Oh Jesus, I need you. Thank you for dying on the cross in place for my sins. I believe in you and I open up my life to you and confess you as my Lord and accept you as my Saviour. 
Thank you for forgiving my sins and right now for giving me the certainty of eternal life and the potential of a full and overflowing life as I live according to your will as revealed in your word. Take control of my life in every part. Let my life tell of your great story of love. Fill me with your Holy Spirit's presence. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. And today, if you've prayed that prayer for the first time, or maybe as an act of restoration of your relationship with God, it's been a while maybe, why don't you just pop up your hand and just give us a wave. We have some pastors who would love to be able to give you a gift and we'll just give you a card. And if you want to fill that card out, just let us know. And you can either take it out to the information desk or towards the end of our service this morning, if you'd like to talk with someone about that decision, we'd love to be able to talk with you, pray with you, give you a gift of a Bible to help you in your ongoing relationship with God that today you have made a decision to step into. We really do pray that this Easter is something very special for you. Because once you've made that decision to follow after Jesus, it becomes a special day every day that we're reminded that he's carried our sins. He did what no one else could do. And we can walk in the daily freedom of knowing his love, his great story of love becomes our story of salvation. God bless you this Easter. We pray that it's a holy and very safe time for you over this Easter weekend. And we'd, we would love to see you again at our, our Easter services on Sunday and sunrise at 5.30 a.m. up at Mount Cutha. We do pray that you would just have a, a really blessed time, maybe with family and friends over this weekend, remembering all that Jesus has done for us. Thanks for listening to this River Life podcast. Make sure you subscribe to keep up to date with all the latest content. If this podcast has raised any questions for you, contact us via church at riverlifechurch.org.au or through Facebook and Instagram. Thanks for listening.